Hello and welcome to BZ Listening. I am your host, BZ Douglas. Every Monday on this podcast, I feature the songs and stories of a different grassroots musician. And my guest today is singer-songwriter Henry Black. I first saw Henry in 2015 at the Open Mic Under St. Mark's Theater in New York City, uh, performing haunting folk songs that just got their hooks buried deep in my brain. And, and I, I've followed him his, his work closely ever since. Uh, this year, Henry has assembled a seven-piece band, and I'm very excited to share four tracks in this episode from his soon-to-be-released full album titled The Best of Henry Black. And I can't help put a parenthetical yet on the end of that album title because he's a young guy, and, and all I've seen him do is get better and better and better, so... You can find links to all things Henry Black on the footnotes for this episode. Just visit the freshly registered domain for the show, bzlistening.com. Thanks so much for listening. I do want to make a quick apology for the audio quality. I had some files go missing, and basically I didn't have the, the good mic recordings of my side of the conversation but i did have a backup of the whole thing so it's a little less uh up to sound quality par that i'd like it to be but it it does the job so anyway that's that's about it enough of my rambling thank you so much for listening and now on with the show So I'm joined today by Henry Black. A are you a? I always like to ask musician genres uh, rather than apply them. Would you call yourself a folk musician or? I would, but I don't know if that's exactly accurate anymore. I I, I used to play mostly folk music, um, and I'm kind of making a foray into heavier shit. So I, I don't exactly know. Well, you definitely just fall into the. The giant bucket that is the singer-songwriter category. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a singer and I write songs. You were born in uh, Minnesota, is that right? Or no, um, Montana? Med- or was it Montana? It's an M state. I know that. Oh, uh, they're all the same. Uh, Med- Medicine Lake, Montana, tiny little town. And what's your uh, earliest memory of music getting its hooks in you? Uh, I I remember my 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 older brother was I forget why he was upset with me, but we were like six years old. And I, I think I, I think I like took his football or something, and I locked myself in my parents' car to get away from him. And uh, it was uh, it was still on, and uh, Blood on the Tracks was uh, like the only CD they had in their car. And I think it was Tangled Up in Blue or something like that. It's probably my earliest memory of music, at least. I mean, did you my, come uh, from a musical family in any regard? Uh, no, not really. My my dad played drums in college. Um, but my, uh, my aunt got me like a, like one of those Kmart, uh, nylon string guitars when I was like eight or nine years old. Um, and, uh, didn't really play it. And, uh, so I, I guess I started playing when I was like 12, 11 or 12, something like that. Um, and, uh, started playing, uh, like blues jams at like smoky bars uh, in Florida with my uh with my dad on drums so I guess that's kind of how I started and your early stuff did you um 
gravitate towards certain songwriters as, as, that you would say influenced you that you were trying to emulate or anyone uh, in particular? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I, when I started, I was, I was into like, I don't know, the way I learned how to play guitar was just by learning a bunch of Jimi Hendrix songs. So that was kind of how I, how I got into it. And uh, it's like all the really old blues, like, uh, like Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker and stuff like that. It's kind of how I started. How did you get led in, into that or discover the old blues? Um, well, when I was when I was like fourteen, I guess fourteen or fifteen, uh, my uh, my friend Casey, um, who actually has a great band in the city now um, called the Advertisers, uh, showed me like basically everything that I know um, about about the blues, and that's kind of how I. Uh, I found that. When did you decide to move to New York? Was and was that a move directly tied to music? Uh, yeah, well, kinda. I, I got out of high school and I took a year trying to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do, and got into a, a couple colleges up here, and figured I'd I'd put it off for another year and and figure out what I was going to do while I was playing music and seeing if that was like a viable thing that I could do, and um. I just ended up doing music and not going to college. So kind of tied to music, I guess. Well, and were you looking at studying fields that were like peripheral to music uh, or? Uh, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to study U S history and just, I guess, world history in general. Um, and uh, my dad told me um, that I could pretty much do that whenever I wanted, but that if I was going to, try to you know, play music for the rest of my life. So, uh, I'd better start when I'm young. So oh, that's a good uh, dad. That's yeah. Good dude. Yeah. It, yeah well, I definitely hopefully. agree with like, get, if you're going to try and live the musician's life, it's better to get it in early. Get yeah. started on it. I mean, hopefully they don't, hopefully they don't, they don't start rewriting the textbooks. But <laughs> oh, well that's, uh, always, ideally, that's yeah. always going on. That's, that's yeah. Never yeah. And when you came to New York, what? How did you um, enter into the grassroots scene? Because um, I met you at the open mic downstairs, I believe, before uh, or after Penny left. Were you there when it was Penny's open mic? No, I I think I came in about two years after 2015. So, um, and actually, they have a new name. It's called the Open Mic Under St. Mark's. Oh, rebranding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really how I met everyone that I know. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't really know how to book any shows here. And so I just looked up like an open mic for every day of the week. Um, and just went to those until I kind of found my people. Going into like the New York grassroots scene, did, what have you found? I'm curious because there's, a, I, I'm very interested in figuring out, I don't know or figuring out is the right word, but um, what people discover as a, a, a path to, you know, success. And, and, and I was talking with um, a couple of people I've talked with. We, we end up chatting about how like the music scenes, especially in the grassroots level, they can kind of become a trap in terms of like 
if you just immerse yourself in that scene and like you have this circle of supportive people in the mic scene and you, some people like miss that you, you can't rely on that to build your audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I've noticed that. I've also, I've also really noticed that, um, you know, the, uh, the shit kind of floats to the top and uh, especially the shit with money. Um, I, I mean, all of my friends or not all of my friends, but a lot of my friends are a whole heck of a lot better than the, than the people that are out there right now. Um, and not just, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but, um, you know, I have some really talented friends that, uh, you know, are playing to empty rooms when there's, you know, just complete garbage in the same genre that, or similar genres that are, you know, maybe, maybe someone supporting them with, you know, uh, capital, of, you know, whether that's a record company or, or, uh, their parents or uh, like, I don't know, but there's got, there's gotta be a way out of it without money, but you know, I haven't found that yet. I, I never under or figured out what the right model is for a musician in New York in terms of, I don't know that I've seen someone navigate their way through like you book gigs that I feel like every place I'm going to mention is obsolete now, the way New York moves, like, you know, like local two, six, nine and Rockwood music hall. And everyone's like, you know, oh, yeah. aspires to like get, get to that level book, this book, these venues and hope people show up and then, and then what? I, I've kind of gotten on a kick of, of finding bands that I like that pull a bunch of people and, you know, kind of relying on their promoting powers to you know, open for them. But other than that, I think, you know, kind of in the, in the place that we're at now, I, uh, socially and musically, this, um, people, people really kind of listen to music, um, like on demand at home. Um, and, uh, so I, they're not going to go out really unless they're like a, I don't know, a music seeker or something You're kind of few and far between. Um, and, um, so I think really the first step is having like a, a really good record, um, that people like that want, and they want to go see what you can do live uh, where it, it used to be the other way around. You know, people wouldn't listen to your record if you didn't have a good live show. Quotes that rub in grandma's face, but it's 
kind of migrated away from folk into what like a, a full band sound now yeah i got a i got a seven piece band um got a keyboard i guess one of my keyboard players has uh has two keyboards um kind of like in those old 80s music videos or, or live shows uh where they have like the the six keyboards and they're in like a little a little square like a little cube keyboard cube mm. um I have a another keyboard player that mainly sings and plays synth. Um, I have a guitar player that sings and plays guitar. Um, I sing and play guitar. I have a bass player, drum player, and then another um, singer. Uh, and it, it's I don't exactly know what the genre is. Um, it's just a bunch of lyrics and a bunch of chords and a bunch of distortion sometimes so i don't know it's still i mean it's gonna be hard for me not to sound like me but um it's a lot heavier it's more fun and how uh what was your approach to assembling a band was it um were you seeking out people or did you just pick up on who was peripheral to you organically yeah well um uh i play in a band I play guitar in a uh, like a psych band um, with uh, a bunch of people, and um, uh, the keyboard player Dan um, and uh, and his drummer and bassist play in my band, um, and then uh, my old 
music partner Riley Pinkerton is uh, singing with me, um, and my two roommates, uh, Caitlin Pelkey and Crispin Swank, are on guitar and uh, synthesizers and vocals. Um, so I just, you know, figured I already knew talented people. I don't have to go seek out other people and keep it in the family. I mean, half of music is how talented people are. The other half is can you can you vibe? Can you get along? Yeah, that's that's you know there there might be you know better players out there, even though the people in my band are all really really good. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter because they're my closest friends. So you know, what's the point of getting other people or even seeking other people? You know, yeah, we have fun doing it, and and they're extraordinarily talented. So. So what is your songwriting process? Has it been uh, a steady thing for you that you've always had, or have you? has it changed over the years for you? Kind of. I mean, I don't know. When I first started writing songs, I, I tried to write as much as possible because I figured that was the way that you did it. And now I, I you know, kind of build up a bunch of frustration and think that I'm never going to write a song again. And then I go and write a song, and it happens, like, instantly. Um, and, uh, and then I kind of repeat that process once or twice a month or sometimes 10 times a month. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, a kind of like, uh, it's like, uh, binging on songwriting and like purging everything that I have inside of me and then rinse and repeat. So are, are you like, do you constantly keep? notes of things or ideas as they come or do you find at just at a certain point you sit yourself down and it all spills out uh yeah kind of that uh, sometimes i'll sometimes I'll, I'll write on the train if i think of something but i it's kind of all in my head i'm not i'm not very good at keeping notes or being organized or keeping a schedule or anything like that so it's it kind of just swirls around in my head which can be good and bad, um, you know, because if you put something out on paper in a notepad, um, you kind of get married to that idea. Whereas if it's, you know, kind of this nebulous thing in your head, then you can, it's more malleable. Um, but uh, at the same time, I, I forget a lot of the, uh, a lot of the things that I think of. I probably have, a bunch of songs that I would have liked to have written that are just gone forever because you know, maybe I didn't get enough sleep and forgot it or whatever. I don't know. Now, as you've been playing music more and going into it, uh, you know, the longer you've been into it, has there been anything that you found um, grinding or frustrating that you didn't uh, expect going into it? No, I expected it to be pretty bad. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and it's, you know, bad, bad in not, what way? Not, not bad, just, you know, um, uh, unrewarding in a lot of ways. Um, you know, put a bunch of work together to get a band together and rehearse a bunch and then play an empty room. You know, that happens a lot. But, you know, I mean, the most rewarding thing for me is, as of right now, is, is uh, I'm, I've been working on a record for the past year and it's like seeing that finally come to a close and have something that I'm happy with. That's kind of, that's the most rewarding part. But, you know, the getting people out to live shows is frustrating. You think that if you're at least halfway decent at what you do, the people will come, but that's not really the way it works. 
Then do you gig out a lot? If you play all the time, people are just going to think, well, I'll just catch, I'll just catch the next one and then I'll just catch the next one and whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think playing like once a month or once every month and a half is probably a pretty good way to go about it. That being said, I haven't been doing that really. Uh, you know, yeah, I had some gigs fall through and scheduling conflicts. Um, I'm supposed to play Mercury Lounge actually tomorrow, but my, uh, my drummer uh, got picked up to play drums opening for the Jizza at Sony Music Hall. And I was like, that's, you know, take that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he's like, well, is this gig, is this gig that important to you? And I'm like, I mean, for my sanity, yes, I just need to play a show, but go do your thing. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been playing a little bit this year, but, uh, I'm kind of looking at it more as, as us getting our feet wet before uh, we, we dropped a single and then this record. Um, because until then, you know, there, there's not really anything to show anybody. Um, you know, if we put on the best show ever, then someone's going to say, wow, where can I find this? And say, nowhere. You know, so it doesn't really make much sense. It's uh, more, just, more just being ready with a, with a great live show before we have to, uh, you know, go out and play a bunch. Um, which ideally we're going to be doing closer to the middle and the end of this year. So do you have a lot of new songs on this album? Or are they songs that you've had for a while and now you kind of like revisiting them with a fuller sound? I have it, the, the record is, is five songs with a band and four songs solo. Um, and all the five songs that I have are, are pretty new. Um, I mean, relative to you leaving they, they've uh, they're all new um and uh the four acoustic songs uh are mostly new with uh one older song on there but for the most part it's, it's all it's all new stuff Says that my convictions may be twisted but never changed And yes, of Jesus and the cross I am the same Well, each decision backed pragmatic Drugs of choice and addicts Attic your disciples lined in colorful arrays They used to speak away your till. You followed my direction and buttoned up your coat to go with mine But you seem so different tonight Your father never handled his disease And so instead you cultivated every sneeze Seen as untouchable and armored I could see you strip your garments As you buried the undead with their degrees But when they finally awoke To claim all of the bones you'd broken Our record now seems foreign when it rhymes But you seem so different tonight All the others 
tired from wickedness and lies, darling, so did I. So from Seattle to Lake Orion and Rome In Rona's arms the witches auctioned all my clothes Each non-believer thought deceiver Turkish yarn old lady weaver Had come to steal the spoils I have sown But when the flames are in your face And all your memories erase and the clock seems to turn backwards when we wind it But you seem so different tonight Now put the bottle in your hands to meet with mine I struck the paupers and the princes both alike Cut off your hands and let you use mine just like you like it. So, where'd you go, canonical sweet heroine? Are you off to cheat the bandits and their friends? Or I devised in one place, Esther, complex structures I'd soon master. Guess I'll see you when you come around again But in the copper of the counter At the end of all our chapters People change when you don't know them at all And you're no stranger in my eyes Forgetting Cupid's fraught design too young to recognize we're just the same We'll soon grow far too old to count the ways What was the approach to recording? That's actually, that's a realm of music I, I've, I've, I've had a glimpse behind that curtain But I know there's a lot of different ways to do it yeah, well, I mean, the way that I like to record, I, I've uh, I've done a bunch of records. Pretty much none of them are out, but uh, you know, and with, with other people, with with uh, I worked with this guy in in Georgia for a long time. Uh, he's like an old school record producer, and um, I mean, the way that I like to do it is is to get the rhythm down first, and and do the drums and bass live with like a scratch track, acoustic guitar, and vocals or electric guitar and vocals. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, build the foundation with the, you know, guitars and keyboards and anything like that. And uh, I threw a bunch of synthesizers in this one. And, and uh, after everything is pretty much set, um, uh, do the vocal tracks, which I like to do, uh, you know, as quickly as possible, not really from a, like from an economical standpoint, but then also um, recording vocals is not fun. Um, and, uh, and then from there, uh, you know, taking it home and, and, and listening to it and, and thinking like, well, there's this one guitar part that might be cool here. There's this one synth part or keyboard part or whatever uh, that might be cool there. And then once everything's done, just kind of gluing it all together in the mix and then sending it off to master. 
So as you've, uh, I'm curious over your time in New York and, and, uh, and elsewhere, do you have either a standout like best gig or a worst gig where everything went wrong story? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a really fun gig. Um, it was the first gig I played with my band. I opened for my really good friend Moha at, uh, at rough trade. Um, and there was a, a shit ton of people there and it was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, I don't really know if we were necessarily ready to play that gig cause you know, we were turning a lot of my older songs, like my older folk songs into, uh, into like rock and roll songs. And it didn't quite work. I don't know if we had the songs ready. Um, band sounded great. I don't, I don't really know if, if I was ready from a you know compositional standpoint or from a uh, performance standpoint. But then we just played, uh, uh, we opened for Moha again uh, in January of this year. Um, and uh, songs were ready. They were all, all the new ones that are going to be on the record and band sounded great. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, when, uh, me and uh Riley Pinkerton were were still um playing together uh like it's a duo act we put a band together and played at um oh shit what's it called the gateway i think it's like underneath uh, the j train or the m train or something oh, okay um and uh uh <laughs> there was uh one person there and it was uh, our keyboard player that wanted to sit that gig out and <laughs> and then afterwards he was like well I probably should have just played that with you um, but that was probably the worst one um, we also played um, uh, we played in Cincinnati uh, I was on tour um, and we played in Cincinnati at a place called the Comet and uh, um it was it was a uh, Planned Parenthood fundraiser, which we were uh, super down with, and um, got there and it was tough, like mobbed, it was packed, and uh, and uh, we played like our little folk act and got a pretty lukewarm reaction from the uh, from the crowd and didn't really know what was going wrong and then the next band up was a like a doom metal band and the band after that was a doom metal band and uh, <laughs> that was probably the worst one it was weird i mean probably i mean i'm sure i could ring off a hundred horrible gigs that i played um but yeah that was probably the worst one so a question i like to ask every every musician is um have you defined what your like your measure of successes um, for you? Is it, you know, uh, a certain, you know, achievement in, in your career or uh, like living a certain type of lifestyle or anything like that? Have, have you defined that? And do you see um, what your path to that might be? Um, I mean, personally, it's it's probably just if my parents aren't disappointed that I didn't take the uh take the college route well you can always blame dad for that <laughs> yeah right um i mean in terms of uh you know like uh tangible success with my career it's 
um you know if if there are people that like my music then that's really all i can ask for if i'm able to quit my day job then that's that's success I'm a rolling stone When I can't be found I'm peeking into The sorry side of town And I saw you there Pawning off your boots Seems so different is that new perfume? So let me see you again. You broke another man, and I could sharp the blade that's shaking in your hands. Now we're
Even Adam and Eve That's what you want to read On me I'd read anything Vaguely refers to me The last thing I'd like to ask is just in general, what, how is the New York music scene doing? Do you think? Um, so like I said, hearing, you know, hearing you talk and, and hearing, um, seeing the struggles that I've seen from other musicians, it, sometimes I wonder like, you know, everyone flocks to New York for, you know, this, this reason of it's, it's New York. And it certainly is a place where the one thing I miss from New York is, the amount of incredible talent that just, you know, comes there and goes through there, whether it's as an audience mm-hmm. member or just a peer of open mics and get to play alongside and, and share some time with these amazing people as they come to New York for however long. But I really question, um, you know, wonder, wonder like what opportunities does it afford musicians um, beyond the fact that you get, you you know, you're in a city with a lot of other great musicians. Um, I mean, you know, all the resources are kind of at your disposal here in terms of talent and and like the infrastructure of like a thousand venues or five thousand venues or whatever. Um, in terms of like the the music that's going on in the city, it's it's great. Um, there's a lot of great stuff. Um, it seems like there's a huge uh, a huge rock and roll scene, like rock and roll revival scene going on in the city. Um, that seems, I mean, I guess New York is, or everywhere is pretty reactionary and people are reactionary, but New York is very reactionary. Um, and it seems like it's kind of a, uh, a kickback against, you know, kind of like mindless, uh, like electronic bleep loops. Um, and there's a lot of great, like really, uh, really badass rock and roll bands. Uh, I said my friend Casey's in the advertisers. Um, it's a band called Stydide that's blowing up. Uh, and you know, all these shows are just totally mobbed and uh, a lot of fun and very loud. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's cool to see that. Um, and then um, from like talent standpoint, um, there's great bands that are doing things that I've never heard be done before. Um, I mean, uh, I said that I went from folk music, uh, to like a heavier thing. Um, but, uh, uh, my old music partner, Riley went from folk music to like, like black Sabbath. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, she's great. Uh, my roommates are great. Uh, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. There's also a lot of bullshit. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, like come to my show at Rockwood Music Hall uh, kind of shit. But, you know, 
if you just kind of weed through that, there's some really cool stuff going on. Do you have any uh, plans on touring anytime in the near future? And uh, what can I do to make Cleveland a destination and raise a tent for you here in my house? Um, well, uh, touring, no. Um, I, I did in, in, I guess it was 2016, I toured like four times with Riley and um, it was just, it was straining and, and I figured that we could be doing the same 10 people in a bar shows in New York. Um, so uh, until I kind of build up what I'm doing here, um, doesn't really seem to be much of a point. Um, that being said, if I ever do tour the, you know, if your couch is open, that's pretty much all I could ask for. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, also, let me know if you're ever coming back to New York. Catch up. All right, cool, Henry. Well, thanks so much. And uh, I'll be in touch with you, man. And uh, all the best of luck. Give my love to uh, Dan and uh, everyone else in the scene. Cool. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Seems like all the air has left you. Feels like all my blood is hot and heavy in your hands But you seem to understand You dance to keep your feet still moving And take the train from Eden Put a marking on your back Still begging for the angels to attack Don't look so sad, oh baby blue is that a teardrop on your shoe? There must be somebody to find the time to pity you. But it ain't me. scars from healing unless I never really knew you at all times you seem so overrated like Lennon brought the search for sating from slogans to the press but even Jesus Christ had someone to impress And I may be overstating you Beating back your hunger and that's no feat to be ignored God knows I've tried to hold my tongue before But darling please don't say a word They'll read your mind before There must be somebody to hold you tight Yes, save the night, but it ain't me.
the time that you're needing Yes, you're beating and begin to crawl Well, I suspect you kept the cards that I was dealing Less the wind was high enough to carry And you've banished back the demons to their stalls Well, I suspect your peace so momentary And this I never really knew